My title today is King of the Castle. I debated with two titles, King of the Castle or Fasting, the Fast Track to the Spirit. And I thought, well, King of the Castle, shorter. You are a spirit, you are a soul, and you are a body. But I'm asking you today, which one of those three are king of your castle? Is your spirit king of your castle? Or is your soul king of your castle? Or is your body king of your castle? Our soul, while it's our character and our personality, if it does represent our character and our personality, every one of us knows that there are glitches in it. When the fall came to humanity, where it damaged us is in the realm of our soul. The mind of our intellect and the mind of our emotions, which triggers our will, everything we do. If that weren't true, then Paul is mistaken when he says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We get born again, we ask Jesus in our heart, the Holy Spirit comes in, but if we don't get the garbage out that's been programmed into us through life and fill it with God's perspective and God's Word, we'll just have garbage in, garbage out. I don't just want to be washed by the blood, I want to be changed by the blood of Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. Absolutely. And so I want to read a couple of verses real quick. Luke chapter 1, verse 80. I've pulled it out of the chapter. It's talking about John the Baptist right after he was born, growing up as a child. And it says, so the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. The Bible talks about heart, it talks about soul, the two words heart and soul. In the Hebrew, heart is lebay, in the Greek it's cardia, but the word heart in both languages always means the realm of the intellect, the emotions, and the will. And the soul, when they use that separate word soul, it always points to the same thing. It's here, it's not talking about John the Baptist's soul, it's talking about his spirit. The child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. You know, I read that verse and I thought to myself, isn't it interesting? God put this guy out of society in the backside of the desert where his soul couldn't take on all the all the razzmatazz and all the say-so and all the attitudes of everyday normal society and civilization, he was somewhat cocooned where he focused on the things of God, dwelled on the things of God, so that when it was time and his spirit was strong and the time was right, God allowed him to be manifested. He made his debut. This is the season where caterpillars are out and 
they, they spin their cocoons, and I don't know if you've ever watched them close up. My daughter Amy uh, took a few caterpillars and had milkweed plants and, and put this netting over it, and the caterpillars eventually, at the right time, would make the cocoon, and the cocoon glows. It actually has little gold spots on it, and they glow. And then it goes dark, dark green. It starts as a light green, goes dark, dark green, and then this butterfly comes out. And it's as if God had John the Baptist cocooned and sheltered him so that his soul wouldn't take on the vibe of society. You see, when God wants to change society, he doesn't change society with society. He changes society with his spirit. And we need the imprint of God's spirit on our lives. Hear me, it's not enough that you go to church. You and I have got to grow up and become the church of Jesus Christ. The church is not an establishment. The church is not a building. The church is not an organization. You are the church. And when Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, what he was saying is every born-again believer who went from being a sinner to being saved by the grace and the blood of Jesus, when they truly stand on the Word of God and grow in their spirit, they can come up to the gates of hell and kick it in, and Satan has no authority to stop the sons of God. So here we see that God had John the Baptist in the desert because he didn't want uh, Israel's uh, culture embedded in this young man and this young man feasted on the word of God and when he made his debut as short as it was this is what Jesus had to say about John the Baptist he said there's no greater prophet than him in fact you can pinpoint revival to a time to a place and to a person and Jesus did that with John the Baptist he said, since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God has been suffering violence and the violent take it by force. The violence isn't a machete. The violence isn't harsh words. The violence isn't uh, talking bad about people and rubbishing them. The violence is living out of your spirit and hungering and thirsting and running after God so that there's an explosion of God's spirit in your spirit and then he allows us to explode on the face of the earth. You see, to me, it's imperative that we, the church, move and transition from a, a, a being that is very body conscious and very soul conscious to beings who become very spirit conscious. There's a lot of carnality in the church. And we have to learn how to grow in spirit. I want to take you to Luke chapter 2, verse 40. And now I've pulled one scripture out of that whole chapter, and it's about uh, just after Jesus was born, and he's growing up. And it says about Jesus, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. You see, your spirit can grow. 
just like your soul can grow, you can educate your mind, you can motivate your emotions and stir up your emotions with positive thinking and reframing incidents from the past and, and, and learning to gather your soul, your emotions up and your mind up. And we can uh, get our bodies fit and trim. You could see I don't put too much emphasis on the body, but we could get our bodies fit and trim and we could be looking our best and we do so much for the outer tent. We do so much for the intellectual tent. We do so much for our social enjoyment and social entertainment and we have become people who have feasted in the realm of the body and the soul. And I'm afraid that the American church is starving in their spirit. We want to turn the church into the next hamburger franchise. In and out. What needs to come in and what needs to come out is the word of God. And not the church in 60 minutes. The Word of God is valuable enough and noteworthy enough that it's okay to linger in His presence. Can I get an agreement? So here's Jesus. He grew in spirit, and as He grew, as parents labor the Word of God into the awareness of their children, their children will grow in spirit. I, I don't know you, but I know of you. And I know of you because of your daughters. You came and visited during the week and my son and Danielle had the privilege of meeting you and your girls and you can't imagine how your daughters were spoken so highly of to me by my son and by Danielle. These girls are, are much wiser than their age and have obviously been trained on the Word of God. And they met, met Danielle just for a short moment, and one of them or both of them said, you're my new best friend. <laughs> both, you see? See how grew in spirit. <laughs> and uh, they brought a card that they made for Danielle today. You see, listen, when we grow up a child in the way that they should go, when we build them on the Word of God, when we understand that outward adornment and outward beauty is superficial and that even the education that the world can give is minor when it comes to building them on the Word of God. You give them life when you build their spirit. And so here's Jesus growing up and he became strong in spirit. I want you to understand there's three of you. And we will be schizophrenic if our body, if we give into our body, your spirit is predisposed to go in God's direction. But if all your focus is on your body and that's your priority, you'll, be, you'll have split personality spiritually. And if we're more concerned about the soul, I want entertainment, I want to sleep extra, I don't want to spend too long in church, I want to have fun. Those things are okay, but those things must come under the discipline of our spirit as our spirit yields to Jesus Christ. Can I get an agreement? And so my title is, Who's the King of the Castle? Are you predominantly a human body 
are you predominantly a soul or are you predominantly catering to your spirit? Look, I, it doesn't matter as much what I look like on the outside, nor does it matter how many degrees I have. That's irrelevant. What's really relevant is what's my relationship with God like? How much of God's word is living in me? I don't mean how much can you repeat, memorize and repeat verbatim like a parrot. I mean, how much does the word of God influence your thinking and change you as a person? You know, uh, this word uh, strong in the Greek is the word krateo, and it means to strengthen, to grow strong, to be strong. And then in the helps word studies, it, it, it gives this. It says to attain mastery, the upper hand. So what the Bible's saying in the Hebrew is that both John the Baptist as a young boy growing up and Jesus, they attained mastery in their spirit over their soul and over their body. And I want to tell you that as a born-again Christian, you and I must strive for the gold, and the gold is exercising our spirit so that our spirit has mastery over our soul. Where does quarrels come from? Where does insecurity come from? Where does fear come from? Where does jealousy come from? Where does backbiting come from? It comes from the wounds in our soul. But when we build up our spirit and cause our soul to to come into submission to our spirit, which is always in obedience to God, our soul will become renewed and restored and healed. Jesus quoted the prophet. The prophet spoke out Jesus' mission statement on earth when he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to bind up the brokenhearted, the fractured soul. Humanity has been fractured in a gazillion different ways. Every one of us is a heartbreak story. Every one of us is a story of a person who's been wounded. And Jesus has come to heal the soul so that we're not living out of all the crazy faces of our soul, but that our soul gets healed and made whole so that it could be in submission to our spirit as our spirit follows the Holy Spirit. So we just looked at Luke chapter 2 verse 40 and we saw that Jesus grew in spirit. What's amazing about the context, if we put the scripture back in a context, I pulled it out of context for a moment. So let's stick it back in a context. Verse 41, Luke chapter 2 verse 41. It just said that the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Next verse, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem. This is the next verse. According to the custom of the feast, and when they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. 
And Joseph and his mother did not know it, but supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Verse 46. Now so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple. Man, that's prophetic. After three days, Jesus was found again in the temple of his body. He rose again. But anyway, we won't go there. Now, as it was that after three days, they found him in the temple. This is a 12-year-old boy sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. We are so concerned about giving our kids an education that the world can give them. But if you want to astound the world, give your kids in their spirit an education that God can give them. Isn't it interesting that verse 40 says he grew in wisdom and the grace of God was on him. And then next verse, you see a story about Jesus as a 12-year-old, and the teachers of the law are blown away at his wisdom. You see, if you focus on growing your spirit, I don't care if you're 80 years old, if you focus on growing your spirit and worry less about your outer body and your soul, and you start I'm not saying neglect your body, and I'm not saying uh, never go to a movie. No, 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 no. But what are the proportions? Who's the king? If I am a physical body, if I have a living soul, see, I'm a trichotomy. Just like my Father in heaven, you're a trichotomy. He is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He made us in His image. You are spirit, soul, and body. And so the question is, which one of those three do you feed the most? Which one of those three do you empower the most? Which one of those three get their way the most? See, I talked about fasting a few moments ago, and everyone immediately thought about the lasagna they'd have to give up, or the donuts, or the coffee. The voices that talk, loudest probably talk too loud inside of us you see the spirit is always willing jesus said to his disciples they couldn't pray with him they kept falling asleep and he said the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak and i've already shared with you in earlier sermons in this series what that means the flesh is broken but the spirit is always predisposed to obey the things of god but our spirit doesn't have the voice to speak loud enough because our soul and our body drown it out. Remember last week I talked about all the noise? Yeah. One last scripture I want to show you. Luke chapter 4. Isn't it interesting? Luke 180, Luke 240, Luke chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. I've told you every time Spirit has a couple of capital S, it's the Holy Spirit. Every time it has a little S, it's man's Spirit. 
So John grew in little s spirit. Jesus grew in little s spirit. Now Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, capital S, is led by the Spirit, capital S, into the wilderness. Yo, hang on a second. Isn't that where John the Baptist was before he made his debut? Hmm. Where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. No joke. <laughs> really? <laughs> Let's go to the next verse. Uh, the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. The first test is to his body. The Spirit led him to fast. Now the spirit of darkness says, come on, feed that baby, it's tired. Your body's been good to you. Come on, slide down another Dunkin' Donuts. Who's going to know? Come on, let's eat. You're going to fast? You see, there will be a battle as to who's going to be king of the castle. Now, ultimately, Jesus has to be the king of our castle, but I'm talking about you as a person. You are trichotomy. You are spirit, soul, and body. But who's talking the loudest? Is your body talking the loudest? And the very first temptation, isn't it interesting that here the Bible makes a big do about the temptation of Jesus, but it's the different areas of who he is that's being assaulted. Jesus, come on, give in to your body. Give in to your natural needs. Give in to the wants of your physical body. They could be sexual. They could be any kind of appetite whatsoever. But the point here is that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit not to. And what it all means is if he bowed down to the wants of the body, he just allowed his body to go AWOL and be in an anarchy and be contrary to his spirit and the Holy Spirit. We wonder why we're so confused. We wonder why we're so mixed up. We wonder why there's such a struggle inside of us. Listen, if you took the dial of your body and the dial of your soul and lined it up with the direction of the dial of your spirit, you will be in line with the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And the confusion and the disorder won't be there. You only have disorder when order's out of order. There is a divine order. It's spirit first, then soul, then body. Hang on a second. Good preaching, Pastor Rob. So the enemy speaks to his body. Remember in the Garden of Eden, Eve saw that the fruit was good for attaining knowledge. There was the knowledge of good, which is the knowledge of God, and then there was the knowledge of evil, which isn't about how to steal from a bank. It's any knowledge that's contrary to the knowledge of God. When you study it in the Hebrew, that's what it says. It's contrary to God's knowledge. And she saw she could learn other things, other fascinating uh, uh, hearsay. It appealed to her soul. And she says, no to the word of God. She said no to her spirit. She said no to the word of God. She said yes to her soul. And then she also saw that it was good for food. You see, the first Adam, where the first Adam faltered, the last Adam didn't even flinch. 
This is very relevant to your everyday understanding and your everyday success in life. You have to understand there's three of you. And the only way you won't be schizo is to get your body and your soul and kick their tail to be in agreement with your spirit, which will always obey the things of God. Absolutely. And so he appeals to his body. And what does Jesus say? Man will not live by bread alone. Hey, listen, the flesh doesn't rule. I'm going to live by every word that is written in the word of God. What's he saying? Body, you don't rule. Spirit, you rule. That's what he's saying. As for me and all of my house, we're going to obey the Lord. That's what Jesus was saying. Absolutely. Uh, if, uh, and Jesus adds, all right, verse 5, The devil led him to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. Next verse. And he said, I'll give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me. I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it'll all be yours. Church, I'm going to make some delicate comments. Look at me. Because I might hit you between the eyes and I want you to see it coming. This is all about motive. The devil, as you're trying to follow Jesus will try to deviate and separate and, and uh, adulterate your motives. Well, we want, we, we, we want to... <laughs> Be careful, Rob. Uh, we we want to do this for Jesus. And the soul is saying, and I can get a lot out of this if it happens. You see... He's appealing to his soul, his wants, his needs, his desire, advancement. When you serve Jesus, are you serving Jesus with no ulterior motive? Are you doing the things you do with no selfish gain attached? Are you doing it because you're being honest with yourself and you're really doing it unto the Lord? You see, the presence of God wouldn't come down if these guys started to take the attention and it was about them and I'm better than her and I'm better than him and I want people to hear how good I sing. I want to tell you, the minute we get to that place, you can forget the presence of God walking in because God detests that. Yeah. And we're not better than any other church. Let's not get arrogant or uh, obnoxious. Let's stay humble before the Lord and let's realize we, we, most of us are like the rest of us. Can I get an agreement? Most of us are like the rest of us. And so what's your motive? Even Paul said some preach Christ out of selfish gain and selfish ambition. You know, the thing I loved about my dad, he, mom and dad left America and went to Australia when you know, we hadn't discovered Australia yet. Captain Cook had discovered it, but we as Americans, we didn't know about Australia back in 1967. And we went there not knowing if they even spoke English in the schools. Uh, we thought it'd be like a third world country, uh, and of course it wasn't. But they left on those grounds to work with uh, uh, Italian immigrants straight off the boat. And I remember many times my dad never promoted himself. And I'd watch other people take credit. He was the father of the movement there, and they'd send news back to America, to the parent organization. 
And uh, I'd watch guys stab him in the back. I'd watch guys lay claim to the things that he initiated or started. And my dad never, ever spoke up in his defense. And I'd get angry. Hey, I was an Italian kid, and this was my dad. And I was willing to go to war and fight for him, you know. And, and so I'm revving my, trying to rev my father up and, and tell him, Dad, you need to stand up and speak up and let them know who did this. And, and my, that's when my dad preached to me the best sermon he ever preached. One sentence. Don't worry about it. The God, he keep a good records. And I got to tell you that while his physical body is rotting away in a grave in New York, and his spirit and soul are in heaven and I don't see him anymore, he talks to me all the time. And I pray that I can have the integrity that he had. Amen. And that as I pursue the things of God, it's not about an opportunity to be heard or seen or to be famous or to make money. I want the gospel to be promoted from this temple for no other reasons other than that. Jesus Christ, I owe him a debt of gratitude. And God, my Father, is absolutely wonderful. Can I get an amen? But the enemy will appeal to your soul. And Jesus had to say no to his body. He had to say no to his soul. Let's go to the next. He says, uh, if, Jesus answered, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Next verse. And then the devil led him to Jerusalem, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. The Word of God says that He'll protect you. He even quoted Scripture to Jesus. And uh, now He's appealing to Jesus' sense of pride and ego. If you're the Son of God, if you think you've arrived, if, if you're this grand person, you know what? I'm a prince. I'm a king. I'm a priest. I'm a prophet. I sit in heavenly places. But I'm there, and I don't forget where I came from. Amen. We, we were broken, and we were sinners. And if we sit in heavenly places, it's because of God's grace and God's goodness. Amen? I think one of the, one of the beautiful things that King David said was, in, in one of his psalms, he said, He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. And the older I get, the more I find myself saying, thank you, God, for not treating me the way my sins deserve. His temptation was all about, will your body rule? Will your soul rule? Or will your spirit rule? And whenever your body or your soul rules, there will be strife and contention. And when there are issues among the people of God, it's because people are allowing their soul and their body to rule instead of their spirit to rule. Amen. And if we want God to move, we got to learn how to live from our spirit in obedience to his spirit. Can I get an agreement? Amen. 
You know what's really interesting about this? The Spirit of God took him out into the wilderness so that there's no distraction. He's fasting. He's waiting on God. And when he comes out of the wilderness, yes, the next verse or two says, and the, Satan left him for a more opportune time. He'll wait for when you're a bit down. He doesn't fight fair. Just know that, okay? But it says, and Jesus came out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. And then he started to preach and miracles and signs and wonders followed him. You see, John didn't make his manifestation on the earth until he had grown in spirit. And some of us are missing our finest day and our finest hour because we're stuck in our soul. And we need to know how to get out of the soul and let our spirit rule because your spirit will always take you in obedience to the spirit and the heart of God. John the Baptist didn't make his debut until he reached the full measure of the God statue in him. Jesus did not make his debut until he was strong in his spirit. You see, some of your best promotions are held in the waiting because God's still trying to trim the fat off your soul. Just saying. Just saying. Who's the king of your castle? Are you living by your body? Are you living by your soul? Are you living out of your spirit? Come with me. And together, let's run after God and live from our spirit. Can I get an amen? Come on, let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we have prayer meetings every Saturday morning. Everyone just look at me for a second. We have prayer meeting every Saturday morning. I work, and this needs to change, but I work seven days a week, and I'm usually here till 11 o'clock at night. That's wrong. Yeah. So I'm not bragging. That's wrong. I got to change that. But hear me. I'm here every morning, sometimes at 8.30, definitely by 9, and we pray from 9 to 10. We've been doing that for over a year now, and God's been moving in this house, and miracles have been happening. There's a good group of people that join me. It's not happening because I'm doing it. We're doing it. You see, when we transition from attention to the natural world, and we transition from attention to all of our gripes, our bitterness, our anger, our pride, our ego, our soul, and we transition to living from the place of the Spirit, then we start to follow the Spirit of God. I want my body and my soul to be in agreement with my spirit. You know, I can ask, you can ask somebody to come in agreement and pray with you. But too often, we understand the power of agreement, but too often we're not in agreement in ourselves. 
The mind of our intellect is one place. The mind of our emotions has a different opinion. We're stuck between what we want in the flesh and what we want out of selfish reasons. You have not because you ask amiss. You have not because you ask with the wrong soulish focus. I, I could ask my brother Andy to come in agreement with me. Come on, and we could pray real spiritual words and sound so holy. Oh, did you see those two men of God? The question is, it's not who your prayer partner is that's going to empower this agreement. Is are you as a person in agreement within yourself with the Word of God? John the Baptist grew in, in spirit, and Jesus said, <laughs> there isn't a greater prophet than him. And Jesus said, because of this man, the kingdom of God is suffering violence in the spirit realm, and guys like him are taking it, hold of it, and they're moving it forward. You see, to me, church growth is secondary. In fact, it's almost non-existent. What I want I want to see a move of the Holy Spirit of God. And we can live in the flesh and grow a church, and we can live in the soul and grow a church. But you can't live in the flesh or the soul and have a move of God. The only way to have a move of God is if flesh and soul move to the Spirit and allow the Spirit of God to move. I'm asking you to fast this week, whether you do a day or two, that's between you and God. But I'm asking you to come out and pray, and not just 30. Come out and pray, church. Whether you've made this your church or not, so what? Come out and pray. You are the church. Come out and pray. Nine o'clock. And... I'm going to take it a bit further since I've already assaulted your, your body and assaulted your soul. Let me go a step further. Not just this Saturday. Every Saturday. Let's start a trend. Let's start a trend. We, we should be in the habit that our day doesn't start till our day starts with Jesus. No wonder we live so much garbage. Come on, church. We are the church of the Most High. Let's decide what this church is going to look like. And I don't mean the paint on the walls or the footprint. I mean who's ruling the castle. Every eye closed. If you've never asked Jesus Christ in your heart, it's not about religion. It's about coming to know Him and love Him, having a relationship with Him. Don't let your soul stop you. Don't let your pride or your fear stop you. They will rob you every time. Respond from your spirit. If you've never asked Jesus in your heart and you're ready to do it right now, Give me a spiritual response. Put your hand up and say, I want to ask Jesus Christ in my heart. If you've never done that, put your hand up. Look at these two little girls, always so quick to put their hands up. It's okay, Mom. You see, they're, they're hungry for the things of God. I'm proud of you girls. 
I've heard a lot of good things about you, and not from your mommy either. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, good on you, sweetie. Unless we become like little kids. You see, their souls haven't been tainted enough. Thank God. Their spirits are still speaking loud enough. Anyone here never asked Jesus in your heart and you want to do that? Come on, put your hand up right now. Come on, be a man, be a woman. Be strong. Take a break from what's always ruled your life. Anyone need to make a recommitment of Christ? Put your hand up. Thank you. Appreciate the honesty. Good on you, buddy. God bless you. You can put your hand down. Thank you. I'm not looking to embarrass anyone. And you know what? If my soul gets embarrassed, <laughs> my soul needs to die anyway. How many of you here are feeling some level of the Spirit of God putting His finger on areas of your life and you want to move more to your spirit? Put your hand up. Thank you. And Father, we pray. Help them remember the question, who's the king of the castle? Every time they go to do something, let them ask themselves why. What's my motive? What's governing me? What am I hoping to get out of this? And help them ask the question, who's king of the castle? Am I doing this for my body? Am I doing this for soulish reasons? Or am I doing this out of pure, genuine motive for Jesus Christ? Help us to grow up so that we can show up, so that we can stand up, so that we can speak up. Help us, Holy Spirit, to be changed into the image of the one who died for us. So we'll come into the full stature of Jesus Christ. And everyone who agrees with that prayer and wants it for themselves said, me too. Amen. 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 Now, Father, you don't read lips. You read hearts. So read our hearts and work in our lives in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. And I'm going to say thank you for loving God so much that you're willing to take this stuff in. Thank you for making it easier to shepherd this church. I never want to get to the place where I have to be so concerned that people will get upset. John the Baptist stayed in the wilderness so that when he came to the edge of civilization, there were no preconceived expectations shouting inside of his head. And he allowed the Word of God and the Spirit of God to speak truth. You deserve that from me. Help me maintain that. Let's be people who live by the Spirit. God bless you. Have an awesome day. Have an awesome day. And come on out Saturday. And let's fast and pray. God bless you. Amen.